Ladies and gentlemen, yeah, yo, fellas, 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 as I got my, my piping hot coffee over here, it's, everything's coming out of that bad boy's steam, I can't burn my whole mouth if I drink it, but it's final thoughts, final thoughts right now for the week six slate, and look, we have 10 games, we have the morning game, bye weeks are hitting, the morning game out in London, it's only 10 games, so it's really going to be condensed, which spikes ownership on certain players that look like the really good plays. It makes the group and the herd and the community go towards the same quarterbacks, the same stack. So is there a way that we can get different? Let's talk through it today by going position by position as we normally do. If you're brand new here, if it's your first time finding me, welcome to the channel. Any point during this video, and maybe right now, if you could hit the subscribe button, it greatly, greatly, or I greatly appreciate it, and it greatly helps this channel for many many reasons main one being we get to grow all right so let's slide now into the quarterback position which i actually think is the most straightforward we have all seen this year and it does help that it's not a 13 or 12 game slate it's very easy to pick when it's six less teams between the quarterbacks but i think it's pretty straightforward my quarterback pool is going to be very condensed i show you here on the video version seven quarterbacks that i have interest in four that i'm more interested in and it might be less than this by the time sunday's slate comes around there is no doubt in my my mind that Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback stack on the slate I'm not just talking about quarterbacks if you play cash games it's going to be somebody else but if you're talking about just GPPs and that's what most of the people here are playing and probably should be playing it's going to be Patrick Mahomes for me he is close to in my opinion a 20% chance of being the top stack now, of course, that does not mean that more times than not, Mahomes is going to be the quarterback. It's just compared to every other quarterback on the slate at being the optimal stack. He is getting a matchup this week right now against the number 30th ranked out of 32 teams secondary in the highest game total. He has the highest team total at 31 points. And only, only Patrick Mahomes' defense gives up more points to the quarterback position on this slate than what the Washington football team is giving up. So the environment for a shootout here is fantastic right now. Mahomes is still averaging 39 attempts per game. He still ranks third in adjusted completion percentage. It's just that they're starting to lose games. They're facing better teams. They're facing tougher competition like the Chargers and the Bills, and they're two and three, so people think the Chiefs automatically just stink now. There's no Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Tyree Kill is now practicing, and so is Travis Kelsey. If those players are live and set to go, I think single stacking Mahomes with a Tyree Kill makes a lot of sense. I don't know who in the secondary will be stopping him. If you don't want to go to a Travis Kelsey, it's just very easy to run back the opposite side with Ricky Seals-Jones, and who I think is one of the better wide receivers plays Terry McLaurin and we'll get to that when we get to wide receivers so Mahomes stands out for me he's not my highest projected quarterback he's my second highest projected quarterback on the slate right now I currently have him coming in tied with the highest ownership with my highest projected quarterback and that is Lamar Jackson I have them both projecting out for 12% ownership you can see my full ownership projections updated daily throughout the week down below over on Patreon as well as the projections ranks optimizer discord all that stuff come in come on come join this beautiful community that we have of over 900 people strong but Lamar Jackson is my highest projected quarterback by over over a point on this slate I mean look he just has the mobile upside that's what's going to give Lamar Jackson the cheat code here you're getting a player who's basically tied for the NFL high with 9.1 yards per attempt on this slate at least 9.2 leads the slate but he's by far and away the leading rusher this year at the quarterback position as you should expect over 11 attempts per game over 68 yards per game the 27 implied team total a lot of things here are going to look good for Lamar Jackson I did the values video on Thursday it dropped you can check that out the top three values per position and Lamar Jackson even though he's expensive he's the cheapest he's been on the season and he is a top three value quarterback this week he gets a matchup this week in a situation against the Chargers where the Chargers have a solid defense I mean if you look at their rankings they're sixth in pass rush they are seventh right now in overall coverage but they're okay to actually leak points to you on a per play basis they might be efficient but they're okay to leak points if they need to and a 2017 implied total right now for Lamar 
in a game that has a nice environment where the Chargers are just slight underdogs with a quarterback who can obviously fuel a shootout situation. Yes, Lamar in Baltimore looks like the second best stack. You might have a $3,000 Rashad Bateman making his appearance. And from what the reports say about the rookie out of Minnesota, Rashad Bateman, first round pick for them, the only reason he didn't play last week is they want him to be 100% when he plays. So if he's going to be 100% when he plays and he's going out there and playing and running 30 rounds, that looks good at $3,000 flat. We have to track the news. Obviously, the fair price points on Mark Andrews and or Hollywood Brown look fair, both having 100 yard and two touchdown games on Monday Night Football. And the runback options are out the wazoo. Austin Eckler, one of the best running back plays. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Jared Cook, if you want to punt tight end, right? So Lamar Jackson and Mahomes, those are a step above everybody else on this slate for me. The next class, if you put those guys in tier one, tier two for me would be Matthew Stafford and Joe Burrow. Stafford ranking ahead of Joe Burrow right now for me. Stafford has the second highest team total on the slate right now. He gets a matchup where they're 10 and a half point favorites. The line is now moving to nine and a half. We took the 10 and a half in the betting video earlier this week, but you get a nice, a lot of nice things out of Stafford here. For starters, he is second on this slate, only behind Derek Carr, just barely with 317 passing yards per game. We like that number over 300 for the bonus of 300 or three extra fantasy points on DraftKings. He leads the slate in yards per attempt. He's rarely getting sacked. Just four sacks right now is the lowest on this slate for anybody who's actually taken more than 50 attempts. And now he faces the number 27 overall defense that doesn't have a pass rush that ranks bottom third of the league right now in coverage. And they're going to come in here and they're going to face Matthew Stafford, who currently ranks number one amongst every single quarterback in the NFL and expected points added. The passing game of this team is number one and expected points added now facing a bottom 10 defense at stopping a quarterback's efficiency on dropbacks. This is a fantastic spot for Matthew Stafford. He is a fair price point discount off of Mahomes and Jackson. I do prefer them, but you also have the stacks here. Now it is an expensive Cooper Cup. It's a punt at Tyler Higby. It is Robert Woods at a fair price point of 6,100. I think one of the more interesting things with Stafford, so I think there's a couple ways you can play Stafford. You could just solo stack Stafford and don't force a run back if you don't want it. Don't force in Devontae Booker as a 10-point underdog, even though he did lead the league last week with routes run at the running back position, and that's what Saquon actually starting that game. Don't force something in. I do think the best run back option for you on the Giants is actually going to be Sterling Shepard, who plans to play, who is now cheaper than Kadarius Tony, and is clearly going to be a, a, a weapon for them. I think Kadarius Tony, a lot of people are just going to assume Kadarius Tony plays in the slot and Shepard out wide, which would hurt Shepard. I really do think that Shepard can move back into the slot because we saw Kadarius Tony actually have more of his yardage and more of his success on the outside last week with Mike Glennon. But if you don't want to trust Mike Glennon, if he indeed starts or whoever it might be, Daniel Jones does not look like he's going to pass a concussion protocol. That could, of course, change, but it did look very scary. If you don't want to start anybody on the Giants, just single stack it with Matthew Stafford. If you wanted the full-on game stack it, Van Jefferson makes for a very sneaky play. He's always going to be this hit-or-miss player. Basically, his performances are hit-or-miss, and if you want to go that way, he's due for a hit. But in all actuality, he's cheap, and he projects out for like nine points. And then the final quarterback who is of very big interest to me, the other three quarterbacks in play, but they're not right now like a top three for me based on price point and just where I want to go. Kyler Murray, Herbert, and Taylor Heineke. Heineke is the cash quarterback this week. Play him in cash. Play him in your season longs as a streamer. You can play him in GBPs if you want to, but I'll tell you right now, he's picking up top three quarterback ownership for a guy whose ceiling I have a little bit limited compared to a lot of other quarterbacks like Lamar and Mahomes who have 40-point ceilings and even guys like Kyler Murray and Justin Herbert. So Taylor Heineke, I think he's completely fine in GBPs if you want to get there. I, I might have more ownership as the week progresses, but it's just tough even at the price discount to really want to go to him when Patrick Mahomes is underpriced and underowned, and so is Lamar Jackson underpriced and underowned. So those three guys still stay in play. But Joe Burrow at 6,300 is an interesting one. This is more of a, he's going to be very low owned. Like Joe Burrow might be 4% owned. So if I get 10 to 12% of him, I like it a lot because he faces Detroit. The Right now, the Kansas City Chiefs rank 32nd in coverage grades, 31st at Detroit, and then 30th is the Washington football team. So we're trying to attack those secondaries. Your main concern with Joe Burrow is that he's only throwing 29 times per game, but that has slowly been getting better for him. Now, of course, Mixon had been hurt the last game to game and a quarter or so. So Mixon only plays 
29% of the snaps last week. Now P. Ryan's hurt in the backfield. Mixon's practicing. So maybe they just go right back to running the ball 20 plus times, which you can also do against Detroit, who stinks there. But if Joe Burrow is able to throw the ball in this game and Detroit stays pesty and they're the only five, they're the only undefeated team against the spread, 5 and 0, meaning that they're better than everybody in the market has been giving them credit for, if they keep this game close like they have been and Joe Burrow is forced to throw 35 to 40 times, every single one of his receivers, like Jamar Chase is somewhat expensive, but you know he's going to have success more times than not in this matchup. But then the remainder of his pass catchers, whether it's CJ Azoma or more importantly, T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd in that order are just dirt cheap this week. They're dirt cheap for a quarterback who's averaging 8.8 yards per attempt, who is getting protection behind this offensive line, which was a big question mark coming into the year. He's getting enough protection right now to find Chase deep and to find these guys in the middle of the field. So for me, Joe Burrow, I have him on here as a yes. Maybe that's a little bit bold, but I'm just trying to pick out the price ranges. I would prefer right now in GPPs, Joe Burrow, which is crazy to sounds like Joe Burrow over Taylor Heineke, just the way that it breaks out right now in terms of because that Kansas City game for Taylor Heineke, I'd rather just have 30% Patrick Mahomes than 20% Mahomes and 10% Taylor Heineke. I'd rather put all my eggs in Patrick Mahomes, who is two and three, who needs to win this game, who they're now playing from behind, who they don't have their main running back and they're going to be forced to probably pass 75% of the time in this game. I'll take that instead of not wasting some of my eggs with Taylor Heineke, but putting some in that basket. Now, since we talked about some quarterbacks there, a couple that we did not talk about for one reason or another and, and, and just don't look good to me right now. Carson Wentz, I'm not going to get much of, but he looks like a decent value. These are some of the props that I'm taking. There's a couple tight ends in here too to bury the lead. This is a $100 bet, which means I like it a good amount. You can tail this. It's a limited time offer. You get a free $100. One free $100 bet. There you go. Risk-free up to $100. If you don't get it, they'll give you $100 right back. If you do get it, they'll even give you the 100 So it's no matter what, you're getting the $100. So you get that risk-free $100 bet. I take the over on the receptions of Waller and Font in the same game. I have Waller for six and a half receptions. It's at five. That is way too low. I have Font for about 5.3. It's at four. And then the quarterbacks, like I'm talking about, Davis Mills, 185 and a half passing yards. Look, he threw for 300 plus yards last week. I don't think that's happening this week, but I do have Davis Mills for 240 yards. This is the biggest difference I've seen all season long since week one, Tyrod Taylor, which we got in the first half out of Tyrod Taylor, him hitting his over passing yards numbers. Same position, same team right now with Davis Mills. Take the over and then take over Carson Wentz, 233 and a half yards. A lot of people are just going to automatically assume Jonathan Taylor is going to run for fucking 200 yards in this game because it's the Texans. The Texans defense has been a little bit stingy. Their defensive line does stink and they will allow rushing yards, but they've been a little bit stingy in terms of this game might stay closer. It might be forced to actually have Carson Wentz throwing the ball closer to his season average of 35 times, if not more, rather than people just thinking he's going to throw 25 times. So 233 and a half for Wentz coming off of the 400 plus yard game in overtime. I'll take the over there. I have him for the 250s number. I think I have him at 252. So you take these three, four or five, whatever you want to do, you compare them all together. They're not just parlays, which I like. I do the flex plays, but you can use that code Sal, S-A-L, simple, and you will get a risk-free bet up to $100. Use it before they stop offering this. There is no better bet anywhere else than getting free $100 to bet with. Use the code Sal on Price Picks. That is the name of the site, PricePicks.com. To the running back position we go, and running back, you know, even though there's some injuries with the Chiefs, like Clyde Ebertelaire and Daryl Williams and, and McKinnon maybe now seeing some work, and, and Saquon is not practicing and not expected to play for the next couple of weeks, and Devontae Booker, who I actually respect as a running back and enjoy and think is a solid pass catcher. Even though these guys are on the slate now as cheap options and below $5,000 you get Daryl Williams now so 
So he's kind of like a punt in your Taylor Heineke stacks or just allows you to pay up for maybe uh, full-on stacks of uh, more expensive stacks, whether it's the Chargers, whatever it might be. It's just tough to want to go there when the slate is so top-heavy for some stud running backs. Like going below $6,000 this week with any type of volume, going to the Damian Williams, Chase Edmonds ranges of guys, Josh Jacobs, it's just not where I want to go. I want to stick up top with the studs. I think I can find some value, maybe not a lot of it, but some value definitely at tight end and some mid-range value, enough of it at wide receiver. So you're looking at this right now. And just in general, these guys are underpriced. Christian McCaffrey, I'm not going to expect him to be 85% snaps Christian McCaffrey, but even if he just plays 70% of the snaps and still sees 20 opportunities and still sees a 20% target share against Minnesota here, this is a good spot for a 24-team implied total. I currently have McCaffrey right now projecting out as my highest projected running back on Patreon, and I have him for a point and a half more than anybody else. Now, he is picking up ownership, but not a lot. Normally, Christian McCaffrey, when he's below $9,000, you're going to get Christian McCaffrey when he's not $9,000 or $10,000 being 20 plus percent owned, especially when it's a good matchup against Minnesota. Minnesota currently ranks 23rd in yards that they allow before contact, before they even hit somebody right now in their bottom half of the league in tackling and run defense. So this is a good matchup for Christian McCaffrey, and still he's not going to pick up ownership because people are concerned about the question tag. Two years ago, there was this situation, or actually it might have been beginning of last year, I think it was two years ago, where McCaffrey was questionable. People didn't know if he was going to play all that much. He comes in, he drops like 200 almost total yards and three touchdowns, and he balls the fuck out at like 12% ownership. Right now, I only have him at 14%. McCaffrey clearly, clearly, clearly looks fantastic. After that would be Austin Eckler. I think Austin Eckler is probably my second favorite behind Keenan Allen just because of the price tag, runbacks, and any of your Lamar Jackson stacks. Eckler is completely fine. He's my second highest projected running back right now. You're getting a nice environment for a pass-catching running back. You're getting a running back that has a strong team total of 24, but is still a three-point underdog, meaning that his team is going to be forced to drop back and pass, and this is already a team in the Chargers that just want to drop back and pass nonstop, even in neutral game scripts, even when they're ahead. So they're going to drop back and pass more. I think you might see a season high in routes run and targets for Eckler in this matchup since the pace of this, even more than last week, since the pace of this is going to point towards the Chargers playing from behind or playing in neutral game scripts for most of the game. 18 and a half opportunities per game out of Eckler here, and he's facing a run defense that currently ranks 31st in tackling. I do like that. This Baltimore team has not been good by any means. And now a player who's just not getting respect all that much. I know last week it took a 60 yard run in overtime for Aaron Jones to get there. I know you had four catches and a touchdown for AJ Dillon. I think that's more fluky than anything. They're just getting the running backs involved in the passing game. But Aaron Jones, he's barely hitting 10% ownership. He was our that one dude and he got us there with like 18, 19 fantasy points since he hit the bonus on DraftKings last week. $7,300 here. He's a favorite with a 25 implied team total and not picking up that much ownership. So I know that he's expensive at 7,300 this week. And I know that Ezekiel Elliott looks way better for $200 less for the numbers he's been putting up lately in that offense. And I will agree. I do like him, but Zeke should be coming in with higher ownership. Aaron Jones yet again is going to be somebody who just leverages you. We don't have to spend too much time there because the price point is a little bit prohibitive, but you're getting a matchup here against a 26th ranked tackling team and 20th ranked run defense in Chicago. But it is hard to get away from Ezekiel Elliott compared to Aaron Jones. And just in general, Zeke has been putting up 20 point performances for what, three straight weeks now, four straight weeks of at least 17 points. He's balling the fuck out. He gets a matchup against New England who has been terrible, terrible right now against the run. Depending on the metrics you look at, 17th or 27th versus the run right now. They are making it a habit to hit you before you actually can pick up any yardage though. So that's the one spot that run defense has been solid, but this is the number one run blocking offensive line. Zach Martin is back to peak form. Tyron Smith is back to peak form. They don't even have Lyle Collins out there and it's ranked number one run blocking unit. A 27 team implied total is tied for the third highest on the slate and they're four point favorites. And not only that, but Zeke actually looks good. Whether you're looking at it from the eye test, whether you're looking at next gen stats and how quick he has been right now, laterally and vertically, Zeke actually looks good. Lost some weight, maybe a little bit of pressure on him from a Tony Pollard sneaking up behind 
sign him. He looks really fucking good right now. I only have him at average ownership of about 12%, so it's solid. And then some $6,000 running backs to close it out. DeAndre Swift continues to DeAndre Swift. 100 total yards last week, six more catches, a touchdown. I mean, it basically seems like DeAndre Swift owners, or if you're playing him in DFS every week, he sucks in the first half. He gets like five points. Then the Lions start to trail, and then he catches four passes. He picks up like 70 total yards, and you hope he finds the end zone to smash, and he did with 20-plus points last week. I have Swift, though, picking up a good amount of ownership at 12% owned. It's not anything crazy, but it is a decent amount. He's, again, an underdog in this one, though. So DeAndre Swift is an underdog. It's the same exact game script. Let's hope that he runs 25 to 30 routes. Let's hope that he catches five to seven balls. And, hey, can you find the end zone for us, Mr. DeAndre Swift? This week, Cincinnati's matchup. Cincinnati ranks 24th in allowing 1.74 yards before contact. And you're getting a top 10 offensive line matchup for DeAndre Swift, a positive 34% advantage. You can scroll so you can see the rest of my interest or the far majority of the rest of them. My main final interest is Daryl Henderson. He might be the highest on running back this week. I have him currently as the second highest zone behind Austin Eckler at 16% owned on Patreon. Check it out down below Patreon, but it doesn't get any better. The second highest team total right now, the biggest favorite on the slate at 10 and a half points and a guy who is just running really well. He's running behind a strong offensive line. He faces a run defense this week that ranks 24th in the NFL, allowing 1.58 yards before contact. 18 and a half opportunities per game for Daryl Henderson has some passing game work and a positive 52 run blocking advantage. Everything lines up for Daryl Henderson. That's why the ownership is coming in on him. At $6,000, he's had a 10 days off, a mini buy to get fully healthy. He's going to go out there and touch the ball 20 plus times if he stays healthy more times than not. Maybe not in this specific environment, but if you run this game 100 times, 20 plus touches is in the cards more times than not, meaning above 50% of the time when you're a 10 and a half point favorite at home with this high of a total. Touchdown upside. If you, if you can find the overall anytime touchdown better for Daryl Henderson, if it's plus money, take it this week. And then guys who are not as much priorities, but can be as the week goes on, depending on how I'm trying to build my lineups. Joe Mixon only played 29% of the snaps last week. He's practicing as of Wednesday and Thursday. If he's going to be a full participant, we'll take Joe Mixon as a favorite in a matchup against this Detroit Lions run defense that currently ranks 29th in tackling and 23rd overall in run defense, a positive 30% advantage for Mixon, who we know they want to feed. And if there's not going to be some IGP Ryan, then it looks like Mixon can take over a lot of the routes run where P Ryan ran 25 last week. So Mixon can come into the cards as a lower own guy. I know Daryl Williams looks sexy at $4,900. The problem is, and he did get a lot of snaps compared to McKinnon. The problem is they might activate Elijah McGuire for this week. McKinnon might get more work now if he runs with the ones more in practice. And the other thing with Williams is I just don't even know if they're going to run the ball. They might choose to just not run the ball this week. He has a positive run blocking advantage. Washington's run defense, though, if anything, has actually been solid. Top 10 run defense, top 10 tackling unit. Their defensive line is still loaded with studs. It's more so their secondary. So yeah, he's so cheap that he can get you there, but his 10 carries, like, look, it could be 10 carries for Williams this week, and then it can be six carries for McKinnon. If 10 carries for 45, even a good game, 55 yards, if he's not finding the end zone, it is the highest team total on the slate. It is a touchdown favorite, so everything lines up for him. But if he's not finding the end zone or being involved in the passing game, it is a little bit concerning there. So I think you probably see 10 to 12 carries. I think you probably see around two receptions for Daryl Williams here, which more times than not probably puts you around 12 fantasy points where I have him as a decent play. The touchdown obviously takes him over the top or not. So I think Williams is a fine play. It just depends on how you're trying to build your lineups. I don't want to put Daryl Williams in my Mahomes stacks. Jonathan Taylor, I think, is going to be over on this week. I know he's a 10.5 point favorite against Houston. Houston's defensive line has not been good. I know all that. Jonathan Taylor, I know he just went off on Sunday Night Football. I just think he's going to be over on. I think he's a solid play. He ranks out as a top 10 running back play for me, but if he's going to be the second or third highest on running back, I can just go elsewhere in a loaded, a loaded 6K range this week. Antonio Gibson banged up mainly just a run back option. I'm probably not playing him anywhere else. Josh Jacobs' role looks pretty good. Uh, also, to point out, Alexander Madison is 100% of your lineups play yet again if Dalvin Cook is out, but Cook is practicing early in the week. Devontae Booker, I'd probably prefer at this point over Dale Williams. I think Booker, he led the NFL last week in running back routes run. I think if anything, he is a more secure 
favorite player this week for you if you're looking for just one of these punt plays he is though a 10 and a half point underdog but if anything i'll just have him run 30 routes and catch five passes for me and try and get there that way but none of those guys stand out all that much that's where we're at on the running back position hit the subscribe button if you're with us right now right here hope you're having a beautiful day let me know who's your favorite running back play Every, uh, everything out the window. Ownership, price, doesn't matter. Who's your favorite running back play? Actually, I guess price matters for value. Who's your favorite running back play on the week this week? Let me know in the comments. Let's have a discussion around that. Take two seconds of your time. Let me know down below. The wide receivers now will roll up in here on these wide receivers. So some wide receivers, and the thing to point out is, are they going to be in a stack of mine? Then they're going to be a yes. If they're not in a stack, that means I just really like them as a one-off. The guy I really like is a one-off because I'm not really playing Aaron Rodgers, who will be under-owned yet again, but I'm not playing him. It's going to be Devontae Adams. Adams is not going to be under-owned. That would be Rodgers. Adams, I currently have coming in as the highest owned wide receiver at 18% because Adams is the best play on the slate if you're paying up. He is now $9,000, the first $9,000 receiver. I would prefer Adams over McCaffrey, and I would prefer Adams right now if you could fit him over Eckler and those types of guys. So Devontae Adams at $9,000, it's hard to get away from a guy with a record-breaking right now 37% target share, 45.8% of his team's air yards, averaging 116 yards per game, seeing a 26% red zone target share, all the above makes Adams great, and you already know that. But Tyree Kill quietly, as long as he plays this week, the Tyree Kill Mahomes stacks, two times this year, they've scored 50 plus points just with Tyree Kill or 40 plus points just from Tyree Kill's side. The combination of them has scored almost 80 plus points in two games, right? So that's look great. And I know he's flamed that in a couple of other games. A bad weather game last week. Week two, he goes away after having the big week one against the Browns. But Tyree Kill, if I currently have him at 10 to 12% projected ownership, give me that all day. I know he's expensive. Give me Mahomes to Tyree Kill in this matchup all day when Tyreek is still seeing 10.2 opportunities per game, still seeing 40% of his team's air yards, still seeing over 100 yards per game for that bonus. And he's getting red zone usage, right? He already has a 23% red zone target share. I like that. Same analysis for Cooper Cup. Obviously, Cup gets there in different ways. Cup 11.2 targets per game. Not as much air yards on the team right now. Downfield options are going more so to Deshaun Jackson and Van Jefferson. But the second highest team total on the slate, he gets into my stacks. Now, this next player is going to be a Dish, uh, or Devontae Adams type player. It's DJ Moore who sees a slight price, price decrease. Not a lot of people are going to be stacking up Sam Darnold or this game environment in general, which might be an underrated game environment. Let me tell you that. A, a Kirk Cousins with Jefferson run it back with DJ Moore is not a bad option. I might get some Dan Sam Darnold. I'm not sure yet, but probably not a ton, maybe like 3 4%. But DJ Moore, look, he had the stinker last week. Now he gets a much better matchup this week against Minnesota. I think that DJ Moore is going to find himself in a positive advantage against Patrick Peterson this week. Pro Football Focus has it very, very nice. Almost 10 targets per game out of DJ Moore. Expect a bad bounce back at lower ownership. So he's one of those like one-off guys that I'm playing, not in a stack. I'm not going to stack up that game too much, but he's like a Devonta Adams type play where, okay, I have, an, I have extra money left over. Give me this, this 10 target guy who can go off for 30 fantasy points pretty easily. And we've seen it multiple times this year. Now, I think my favorite overall play on the slate this week might be Terry McLaurin. I mean, it's hard not to like Terry McLaurin a whole lot this week. I currently have Terry McLaurin projecting out for 18 and a half fantasy points and 16% ownership. So expect Terry McLaurin. He might be the highest on receiver when the week is over, but he just looks that good. I mean, let's just go through the things here for Terry McLaurin. Logan Thomas is on IR. You have a banged up Curtis Samuel re-injures his groin. You have the rookie Diami Brown not playing last week limited this week. You basically have him competing with targets with all gimpy players and maybe like DeAndre Carter this week and Adam Humphreys. So this is a great spot for Terry McLaurin, let alone the matchup against the 32nd ranked secondary right now in the Kansas City Chiefs. This is a fantastic spot for him as they're six and a half point underdogs. So they're going to be throwing the ball, but they already have a good team total. So they're expected to actually go out there and score a lot. Matchups against Mike Hughes, whoever it might be. He's going to have a 20 pound advantage on all these guys. McLaurin, I think right now is early on my favorite play on the slate. Some other receivers for stacks, Keenan Allen. Look, Keenan Allen is just not putting up these Mike Williams games. He's not as big. He's not as dynamic, but he's still getting the targets. He's still getting as many targets as you hope to get out of him 
they're just not resulting in these big weeks right now because he's not hitting the 100 yard bonus or he's not getting in the end zone as much but keenan allen still looks as solid as possible for you and he's just a nice price discount as he has been they said out of any of the other stacking options whether you want to stack eckler with herbert which is like the only wide receiver or running back quarterback outside of mccaffrey that'd be fine to stack this week but you're getting 10.6 targets per game you're getting a 32 percent red zone target share he only has one red zone touchdown on nine red zone targets that's going to start to go his way when you see uh every 10 targets you get you're going to convert on more than one of them right he has a 10 percent touchdown rate on his targets so far not even right now so nine targets only converting to one that's going to start to convert to touchdowns maybe as soon as this week for keenan allen the rest of my yeses and priorities robert woods that's mainly a stacking thing you saw the big upside last week jacoby myers is eventually going to score a touchdown he grades out really good for me jacoby myers and michael pittman are at the same price point i have jacoby myers projecting out for more points playing from behind uh, in, in an environment where it's actually a decent matchup for him because keep in mind jacoby myers has been playing in the slot we thought in the preseason he might play on the outside based on the 12 personnel they were using but he's playing in the slot right now and that's a much better matchup against jordan lewis who's not been great out of uh, michigan compared to obviously trevion diggs who's balling the fuck out every single week and this is going to be a matchup where they give up the most points because they're ahead in games and teams just start throwing the ball more dallas actually gives up the most points to wide receivers that's not on a per play efficiency basis in neutral game scripts that's just in general because teams get behind now you start to see some of these guys from the cincinnati i, I love t higgins this week if i didn't say terry mclaurin t higgins when you factor in price point might be my other favorite play in the slate i have higgins projecting out for 12 percent ownership right now i mean you're just getting so much nice things you're getting higgins basically if you take out of the game he left early you're getting nine targets per game at this price point of 5300 in the matchup against detroit who detroit somehow has managed to have one of the worst wide receiver cores we've seen in the last five years or, or 50 years maybe even and the worst secondary one of the worst we've seen in the last 50 years it's absolutely brutal out there and i expect t higgins to take advantage of that but also tyler boyd to an extent as well i would rank my interest in these cincinnati receivers when you factor in price point as higgins boyd and jamar chase sterling shepherd is a great play he is five thousand dollars this week a lot of things have to a lot of ifs right he's planning to play we have to see if daniel jones is out there if jones is not out there i do not feel as confident but sterling shepherd in games where he's played and finished over nine targets per game an 82 percent catch rate actually is the second highest on the slate only behind christian kirk he's not getting many air yards but that's converting to that catch rate right now if daniel jones is somehow able to play this week sterling shepherd at 5k looks like the definite runback option in any of your ram stacks and if you wanted to just have him as a one-off it looks very good and then my final yes at the wide receivers outside of all these guys we can kind of highlight through is Robbie Anderson. Yes, he's in the 4K range now. Yes, he should have had a 50 plus yard touchdown last week. It was a great play by Avante Maddox, but also an underthrown ball by Sam Darnold. He's continuously getting open. He's continuously seeing six targets a game. It is a risk for sure, but he's going to be low owned yet again. So Robbie Anderson, I would prefer T Higgins though at the price points. And then we have a bunch of maybes based on the stacks that you're playing, or if you have one-off money and trying to get different, Justin Jefferson will be single digit ownership. So will DeAndre Hopkins. Jamar Chase have a 10% on, right? These Cowboys receivers still both look good, but you're just not getting pass attempts. You're lucky if Dak throws the ball fucking 30 times these days because of how good their offensive line and running game with both running backs has been. So they can't be as much of priorities for me. The Cortland Sutton price bump. Hollywood Brown is more so in play with his price bump. If you're playing Lamar snacks, I would prefer obviously Hollywood Brown in those stacks, probably over Mark Andrews, but both are in play, but I don't like him anywhere else. Michael Pittman's down here. Allen Robinson. There's just a bunch of names that you can fill in your lineups with cheap guys. If you wanted to outside of the Van Jefferson that we talked about, I'm on Ross St. Brown. He has 16 targets over the last two weeks, clearly leading that team as the number one receiver. Now gets a nice matchup. We'll have to throw the ball playing from behind against Cincinnati. And then Miko Hardman is just in your Kansas City stacks. Becomes even more of a priority, of course, if there's no Tyree Kill out there. But he's a fine $4,200 player to get into game stacks if you want to go Tyreek Miko. If you want to go Travis Kelsey Miko to save some money there. I think that's one way to do it. So now, as we slide into the tight end position, as we finish it up with your schmacks at the tight end position... 
Hey, hit the like button right now for me. Hey, let me know who's your favorite wide receiver play on the slate in the $6,000 range. And we finish it up now how we started it with the quarterbacks as just having condensed plays here. Travis Kelsey, obvious in stacks, not only if you want to play uh, Patrick Mahomes and stack them up, but even in runbacks if you want to go with Taylor Heineke. Now, it's really hard to get away from Ricky Seals-Jones, but that's where it looks pretty nice. I mean, the highest team total, uh, Travis Kelsey has been struggling lately. Not a lot of people are going to play him, but even though he's at his lowest price point, even though he's still right now is seeing a, a slate high for air yard target share and air yards per target and all this type of stuff for tight ends. Mark Andrews just having a career game. He looked great. I'm only playing Mark Andrews in my stacks right now or my runbacks. So if you wanted to go Justin Herbert plus a Keenan Allen plus an Austin Eckler, run it back with Mark Andrews. I love that. Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews, run it back with Austin Eckler. I feel fine with that as well, but that's probably the only way I'm getting Mark Andrews because otherwise I'm just going to go to another tight end in a stack like a Kelsey, like a Jared Cook, who's a punt option. Jared Cook only had that 130-yard catch and run last week in the fourth quarter. Otherwise, he would have had a goose egg, but I'm fine if people don't want to own him as much now. I do have him picking up about 8% ownership, so if they don't want to own him as much in another good game environment where he has been producing and seeing a lot of red zone usage this year so far, Jared. Cook already four red zone targets and one of those was called back a touchdown on penalty so technically five red zone targets and then the best tight end play on the slate if you're not stacking Travis Kelsey for the correlation with Mahomes is going to be Ricky Seals Jones because you get correlation with Mahomes out of Ricky Seals Jones on a run back option it is very easy to go Patrick Mahomes Tyreek Hill running back with McLaurin and Ricky Seals Jones and that shell looks pretty damn good it's really fucking expensive that's the problem but Ricky Seals Jones takes some off of that Ricky Seals Jones I put up a tweet um, earlier in the week follow me on Twitter at Salvage DFS ran the second most routes out of any tight end last week the only tight end who ran more was a tight end that went to overtime so you're getting 42 routes run out of ricky seals jones in regulation last week this offense fuels through the tight end position expect ricky seals jones off of his eight target game to put up for you close to double digit fantasy points and he can smash the fucking slate at this price point if indeed he goes out there and scores a touchdown so Ricky Seals-Jones look good. I expect him to be 10 plus percent on, but he looks great. Other tight ends that are firmly in play, Darren Waller and Noah Font, guys who we took their overs on prize picks. Use that code SAL for the free bet up to $100. Otherwise, you're literally just leaving $100 for free on the table for two seconds of your time. Pretty damn good hourly rate there of like $1,000 per hour more than that because it's only going to take you a minute or two. Tyler Higby in some stacks, Evan Ingram in some runbacks of your stacks. Evan Ingram is seeing some work, but he's just, even with all these guys out, he's just not fucking producing. And then CJ Ozoma, if you really wanted to punt at 30 3100, but I don't know how you go to Ozoma over Ricky Seals, Jones, Jared Cook, or even Evan Ingram. But that's tight end. Tight end is usually pretty easy for us. All I'm really trying to do with my tight end position is get it into a stack. Get it into a stack because tight ends are just so hit or miss unless there's an obvious value, which is Ricky Seals, Jones this week. But the nice thing there is you can get it into your Kansas City or Washington stacks. So that's where I'm going. Tight ends, I'm trying to correlate them. I'm trying to correlate them because they're all the same fucking thing. They're all going to run 20 to 25 routes. They're all going to see most weeks. I mean, unless you're elite, obviously, but per their price tag, pretty similar volume. And then it's just coming down to do they score a touchdown and if that's the case you might as well stack them up and get them in your stacks to make you have that correlation to be the the, the, the difference between who you actually choose to give you the little edge the tiebreakers the correlation there so there is your week six final thoughts yeah final thoughts there you go you, you beautiful people out there be sure to hit the like and subscribe and the other thing that i will point out is just super draft i know we talked about them for the showdown slates but they have massive contests two hundred thousand dollars to first place and it's only going to fill right now it's not even filling at fucking 10 percent. i know this is only on like friday but again, it's only filling right now at this point around 10%. It'll only fill at 60%. Your first $20 should go into Superdraft, 
thousand first, ten thousand, thirty five hundred. Because their contests don't fill, I am their biggest marketer. The whole kabish kabash there. The contests on DraftKings and FanDuel fill at one hundred percent. These contests will fill at about seventy percent this week, maybe sixty five percent. Which means if you enter a lineup, you beat close to a third of the field, if not a third of the field, just by entering a lineup and scoring one point. Your best chances, your best edge. Everybody always asks me, what's edge? Where's the biggest edge? Why can't I win money? Because you're playing the fucking millie maker every week on DraftKings. Contest selection is your biggest edge, and there's no better edge than a contest that is does not fill by 30% and it's a guaranteed prize pool. Go over to SuperDraft, use the code Sally, get a free 20 bucks. You could use that 20 bu- or 25 bucks now. Bumped it up for you people. You could use that $25 to then play in their main contest or a couple of other contests. That code Sal and SuperDraft. Your best chance at winning any money this week in a DFS GPP is going to be over on SuperDraft because them contests, they just ain't filling. Thank you for tuning in this week. We will have the That One Dude, the Sunday showdown videos coming out this weekend, and then we'll be live on Sunday morning. There's going to be a Sunday morning game. It's a beautiful time. It's the fall. It's spooky season. This fucking pumpkin is thick as shit. I got my costumes coming. I cannot wait. I hope you all having a beautiful week, weekend at this point, depending on when you're watching. Let's go, gang. Let's go. Let's get the schmacks ready. There's all of them. There's all the schmacks. Let's take down some GPPs. Let's win some dollar whiskeys. Let's have some fun. This beat is sick. I want to pause. Let's end this video right there. If you know, you know. I'll see you all in the next one.